Hello? Still there? Okay. All right. Let's move on with our service tonight. This time, you please welcome Sister Rhonda Burden. somebody else's water. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. Can we just honor him for just a minute and just thank him for his presence? Lord, we just thank you for revealing yourself to your sons and daughters already in this house. You are such a faithful father. And we come to exalt you and to glorify your name alone. You are a good God. And we bless the name of the Lord. Hallowed be your name, Lord. We worship you and honor you in this house. And we are not in such a hurry that we cannot stop for a moment and say welcome. We welcome you. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just can't, could not go on without loving up on the Lord for just a minute because hmm, Miranda and John hit it on the head with those songs because the Lord is here and it is his desire for us to draw closer into his presence and to just be intimate and close up with him. And... Um, this may, I don't know how this is going to go. This may be more of a teaching devotion. I don't, we're going to just, we're just going to let the Lord do whatever he wants to do. Um, but everywhere I look, and you all are no different than me, there's trouble on every face, it seems like. And not just trouble, but battles and hardships and big things that we're facing today, personally, corporately, nationally. But it's all right. It's okay because the Lord is faithful. And um, tonight I'm going to read Psalm 63 and I'm going to read it in the New King James Version. Um, My Bible has this chapter titled uh, Joy in the Fellowship of God. And no matter what you're going through or what's going on around us, we can have joy in the fellowship of our God. Amen. So I'm going to read this scripture and then we're just going to move on. It says, oh God, this is David. He says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your glory to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied with the marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. My, my, your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life 
to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall on the sword. They shall be a portion for the jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. That's a lot right there in that chapter. And when you read the word of God, um, There are a few things that you want to do, whether you're reading two passages, two verses, or whether you're reading 11, like we just did. You want to um, read your scripture, and the second thing you want to do is you want to reflect on it and meditate upon it. So many times we rush right through, and we don't stop and take time to meditate and reflect on what we've just read. And then you want to wrestle with that word. You want to wrestle it around in your mind and get an understanding of it. And then you want to pray that word back to God. We're going to pray the scripture back to the Lord. There's nothing more powerful to pray than God's own word. And then you want to rest on it and you want to allow God to speak back to you. He will do that if you will allow it and if you will take the time to listen. And then you want to meditate on that word throughout the day because it will empower you and it will strengthen you. And this, this is what we're going to do tonight. This is this scripture. This is Psalm 63 is one of the Psalms that the apostolic church prayed every morning because it's an ancient model of prayer, uh, how to pray. It worked for the early church and it works for us. So we're going to take a look at this chapter and we're going to see what and how they may have prayed God's word. And in a good Bible and in most Bibles, the verses will be separated out. And they're going to look a little something like this. Um, For example, I'm using King James Version of Psalm 63. Verses 1 and 2 stand alone. And then there's a space. And what that tells us is verses 1 and 2 is its own unit. And then there's verses 3, 4, and 5. They stand together. That's the second unit. And then you have verses 6, 7, and 8. Those also stand together, and that's the third unit. And then so on, verses 9 and 10. That's the fourth unit. And verse 11 is by itself And it is the fifth unit of this chapter. So we're going to break this psalm down so that we might understand the full meaning of it. And we're going to find the prayer points of this chapter. So just to kind of set the scene for you, um, it seems like I always come back to David for something. Uh, But this is a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And at this time, he's being pursued by Saul. He wrote this psalm when he was being pursued by Saul. Uh, His life is uncertain, and he's trying to escape death at the hand of Saul. At this time, David had already been anointed to be king, but Saul doesn't want to relent the kingdom, and he's trying to kill David so that he can remain king. So we're going to just jump right in here real quick, and we're going to look at the first unit of this chapter, which is verses 1 and 2. So David says, oh God, you are my God. And the first thing that David does is he calls him by name, and he acknowledges him for who he is. And the second word for the name of God in Hebrew is El, the strong one. Uh, It's an appropriate title for when one is feeling weak and exhausted. And this is where David was at. He'd been on the run. He was tired. He was worn out. He was weak. He was dry. And he was exhausted. 
uh, he was tired. He was constantly hiding out and looking over his shoulder, running from Saul to escape his enemy. But he goes on to say, early will I seek you. In the morning, early will I seek you. Before the day even begins, before anything else happens, I'm putting you first. He says, I need you first and foremost. Before anything else can reach me today, God, I need you. I need you to strengthen me. And this is why the early church, the apostolic church, for the first few centuries, prayed this psalm every day because they too had an enemy. They went through 10 imperial persecutions and their life was often uncertain as well. They never knew when the authorities were going to burst in on their worship services and persecute them and take their lives. David said, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. He's saying, in my body, I'm aching for your presence. I feel the physical feeling of longing for your presence. He says, I'm in a dry and thirsty land. I'm parched and I cannot be quenched. He says, there's no water anywhere. I've looked for you in your sanctuary to see your power and your glory. And that is unit one. And unit one is all about going after God. Unit one is all about the pursuit of him. It's all about pursuing the presence of God. Even in the midst of a violent enemy, we can pursue the presence and obtain the presence of God. Even in a desert place, in the place where there is no water, in a dry and thirsty land, we can find comfort in the presence of God. He says, I'm parched and my thirst can't be quenched and I know that I've got to have your presence. And then we move on to the second unit, which is verses three through five. And he says, it's because of your loving kindness is better than life. The word loving kindness here is the Hebrew word hesed or kesed. In the Old Testament, it's the word for agape love. It's a covenant love. It's all about covenant. David is saying, because of your covenant love, because of your bonds of love, because you won't let me go. It's better than life. He says, better yet, it's, he's saying, if I die today, if Saul catches me, and if he takes my life, and if he prospers in, in his pursuit against me and kills me, he says, then having known you will be the best thing that has ever happened to me. No matter what comes my way, even death itself, your loving kindness is better than life. It's life itself, but it's better than life. He says, therefore, my lips will praise you and I will lift up my hands in your name and my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. He says, deep down in my body, my body will feel the impact of your life and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. 
Hallelujah. And then we come to unit three, which is verses six, seven, and eight. And remember, this is a psalm that the apostolic church prayed every day. They prayed it every day because it was effective. It was an effective prayer in their life, and they saw the fruit of it. And verse six says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. David's made a choice and a disciplined decision. A disciplined decision to set his mind and his focus on the Lord. He made a disciplined decision to give more of his attention seeking the presence of the Lord than to worry and be fearful over his enemy. Now, if you're being hunted, you're going to have watchmen. But this wasn't about that. This was more than that. This was more than watching out for a physical enemy. David was watching for God. He had his eyes set upon the Lord. He was expecting to see an interruption. He was expecting to see a divine intervention from the Lord. He was watching for the presence of the Lord. He was expecting the presence of the Lord. He says, I remember. Remember you on my bed. I meditate on you in the night watches, in the night when it's dark and dreary. I meditate on you. I set my mind and my heart upon you. It's in the prayer, it's in the night that we intercede. It's in the nighttime, in the darkest hours that we press in and we enter into intercessory prayer. He says the times that I'm up in the night praying because you've been my help. He said, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. He made a choice to to have joy. He made a choice to rejoice. Psalms 91 is another place in the Bible where God has given the imagery of a bird or a character with wings. It's a picture painted that might look like a baby chick hiding and taking refuge under the wings of a mother getting up under her breast, up into her bosom, where she can feel the very heartbeat of that mother hen. And that's what you and I are to do. We are to find refuge in the presence of the Lord. We are to crawl up into his bosom, where we can feel the very breath of God breathing upon us, where we can become one with his heartbeat. That is where we are to be, is in the presence of the Lord. David's saying, I'm going to get as close to him as I can. He says, I'm going to get under his wings. I'm going to find safety and refuge under the shadow of his wings. It's in the bosom of the Lord where I find shelter. It's in the bosom of the Lord where I am safe and I find refuge. He's trying to get close to God. He's trying to get, press in and get as close to him as he can. He says, my soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. We are to be close behind. He goes before us and leads us. And that is the third unit of this chapter. And here we come to the fourth unit, which is verses 9 and 10. He says, but, there is a but. Those who seek my life to destroy it shall go down to the lower parts of the earth. That's the grave. That's hell. And they shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for the jackals. 
But verse 11 says, but the king, and that's David. He's referring to himself. He said, the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who is invested in him, everyone who swears by him, everyone who has taken the difficult position of standing against the enemy, of standing against Saul, everyone who is caught up in this national crisis, the struggle for the soul of the nation, whether it be then or whether it be now. Everyone who swears by him shall boast, but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Now, this is a psalm of lament. It's an, an imprecatory psalm because it's calling for the judgment of those that are opposing David and seeking to take his life. But let's remember that David isn't seeking to kill Saul. Saul is seeking to kill David. David is only seeking to live. And let's not forget that there's a moment when Saul enters into the cave at En Gedi having no idea that David is in the recesses of the cave. And Saul relieves himself and lays down and rests. And David at that moment cuts off the corner tassel of Saul's robe. And David could have killed him right in that moment, but he chose not to. He wasn't out to take the life of his enemy. He was out to live and to be king. He was out to live and to fulfill the call and the purpose that God had placed upon his life. So Saul escapes the cave and David emerges from the cave and shows him the corner of his robe, letting Saul know just how close he came to death. David could have killed him, but he chose not to. David, again, is not pursuing Saul. Saul is pursuing David. And just like David, you have an enemy. I have an enemy. But I'm not pursuing that enemy. I'm pursuing the presence of God. I'm convinced that the enemy that is against me, that comes against me, will go down to the lower parts of the earth. I'm convinced that the enemy will fall by the sword of Yahweh when Jesus returns. I believe the word of the Lord to be true. I believe the word of the Lord when it says that he will be a portion for the jackals. I'm convinced that he'll, he'll be bound into the bottomless pit. But the Lord is teaching me. The Lord is teaching me. You all have heard me up here many times talk about being a fighter and being a warrior. And that's true. God has called me to be a warrior. God has called me to be a warrior in intercession. He has trained my hands for war. But the Lord has also shown me that too many times I set my eyes on the fight. My eyes are in the wrong place when my eyes are on the fight. I didn't come to fight. I came to live. I came to live and to dwell in the presence of the Lord. I don't always have to put up a fight. I don't always have to be the one to go out into battle because he goes out for me. He goes out for you. He's teaching me to stop putting so much of my attention and so much of my focus on the enemy and on the battle that's before me. And he wants me to revert and to redirect my sight and my eyes and my attention to him, to him. My job is to keep a disposition of praise in the middle of a battle. When I have an enemy, an enemy seeking to destroy me or cause me to stumble, my responsibility is to lock eyes with him and to seek him. 
I can take refuge in the presence of the Lord when I'm in the midst of a battle. I can have joy in the presence of God in the midst of a battle. And this is where David's at. My responsibility is to keep an attitude of praise. So early will I seek you, Lord. Every day, every morning, we have to take a disposition early in the morning to seek him, to yield to him, so that we might be hidden in his presence throughout the day, so that the enemy might have to search a little harder to find us. So back to Psalm 63, if I'm going to pray this scripture, I'm looking for the target points of this psalm because I'll never remember this entire psalm. So this is what I want to remember. The psalm begins with affirmation of my relationship with God. Oh God, you are my God. Good, excuse me, good prayer sees God. Even when you have an enemy that is after you, productive prayer does not fixate on the enemy. Productive prayer sees God and sees him in all of his glory. And the second thing is the psalm then moves from affirmation to the character of God. Early will I seek you because your loving kindness is better than life. So the first thing that happens in this scripture, in this chapter, and in David's prayer is an affirmation of my relationship with God. Oh God, you are my God. Your loving kindness, your covenant love is better than life. I can affirm God because of the character of God. God's character does not change. The third thing that we want to look at is then we move in from affirmation to the character to the actions of God. You have been my help, oh God. All of my life, you have been faithful. I might not have been faithful. I might have slipped. But even when I was not faithful, you have been faithful to me. You have never let me down. You have always gone before me. You have me hedged about. You have protected me from the dark of the enemy. You have protected me from my enemy when he sought to kill me. Listen, the enemy wanted to kill me. There are times that the enemy wanted to kill me, and I don't think I've ever shared this, but the Lord gave me a dream one time, and I'm not even going to go into the situation because it doesn't matter, but it was a life and death situation, and the Lord knows it, and he gave me a dream, and he showed me in this dream, he showed me running in a desert, and there was nothing and no one, but there was someone chasing me, and I saw the person chasing me, and there was nothing that I could do, there was nowhere for me to go, but I laid down in the sand, and a blanket covered me. And my enemy ran right past me and never saw me. That is the protection of the Lord. Two weeks later, the Lord gave me a similar dream. I was running down the streets of the city from the same being, from the same person that was seeking to kill me and to take my life. And there were houses around and I ran into this house and there was an enclosed porch on this house and there was this much space. There was a door on the, on the inside of the porch and then there was another door on the other side of it, just enough room for me to stand. And I was standing between the doors on the inside of the porch and there was just this long window where I could see out and others could see in. This person came up on the porch looking for me, followed me into the house, but couldn't find me. And I was standing right there looking at this person. The person was looking at me, but did not know 
that they were looking at me. That is the protection of the Lord. Why did I tell you that? Because the Lord is for you. He goes before you. He will hide you from your enemy. When the enemy seeks to take you out, when the enemy seeks to take your life, when the enemy comes against you, there is no power in the enemy. The Lord will hide you. You can be right there in the face of the enemy, but he will hide you. He will blanket you. He will shelter you where you cannot be touched. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Hallelujah. The fourth thing that we want to look at is we move from the actions of God to the disposition of David. David recognized that he cannot do anything to change this situation. This was bigger than him. This was mightier than him. This was more powerful than he was. He could not do anything to change the situation, but instead he gives it over to God and he chooses to rejoice in the fellowship of God. He says, God, I can't do anything about this situation, but I know you're for me. And I believe in the end, my enemy will not be my conqueror. So we have this affirmation of God because of the character of God, because of the actions of God. And so the disposition that I take is the disposition of rejoicing in God. Despite what might be going on around me, despite what might be happening in my family, in my home, in my job, in my finances, in the lives of my children or my grandchildren or the school system or the nation, I will rejoice because I know in whom I serve. I will rejoice because I know that he is able. He is with me. He is for me and he is not against me. And verse one, and I'll just repeat it real quickly again. He says, my soul thirsts for you. My body is aching for you. I'm in a dry place. And the whole time I was just trying to get this ready, that just kept standing out to me. I'm in a dry place. I'm in a thirsty place. And I believe that the body of Christ is in a dry place. We're, we're thirsty. We're parched. And we just, we just need to be filled. We just are thirsty. And we just need a good drink of the Lord. He says, I've looked for you. I want to see your power and your glory. And this is a confession. This is a confession of yearning. This is a hunger that is stirred up in David. It's a hunger for the Lord, for the presence of God. So this is the question that we have to ask ourselves. Are we hungry? Are we thirsty? And we have to realize that the solution is not just victory over our enemy. It belongs to us. We have the victory. It's already ours. We received the victory at Calvary. It's yours. It's mine. We already have it. But the solution is God himself. You have an enemy that's out to destroy you, but your solution is not victory over the enemy. Because when, when we have the presence of the Lord and we're walking in the spirit daily and we're humbling ourselves before the Lord and we, we are walking in the spirit, then we have the victory. We have the victory, no matter what we face on a daily basis. My soul thirsts for you. He says, I'm longing for you. I want to see you. That's a confession of yearning. 
There's a drawing near to God. And James said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And in unit two, verses three through five, first there's a confession of yearning and then there's a profession. He says, my lips will praise you and I will bless you. As long as I live, I will bless you. As long as I live, whether it be one minute, two minutes or 10 years, whether Saul catches up with me today or whether he never does, my lips will bless you. I will praise you. Hallelujah. He says, my soul will be satisfied with marrow and fatness. In verses six through eight, his mindset had shifted. His mindset had changed. He says, I go to bed not thinking about my enemy anymore. I can go to bed and have peace and rest in your spirit. He says, I go to bed thinking about you. I remember you in the nighttime. I meditate on you. And this is a mental posture. This is a mental posture that David took took and the position that we should be taking today, trying to get just as close as we can to him. When he moves, we move. When he stays, we stay. When he speaks, we speak. We listen. I have an enemy that seeks to cause me harm, but I'm setting my mind on God. I choose to discipline my mind and my thoughts on the word of the Lord. By the end of David's prayer, he has cast his vision forward. He's making declarations about the outcome of his circumstances, and he realizes and recognizes that he has already won the victory. So the word of the Lord tonight is, there is joy in the fellowship of God. No matter what's going on around you, there is joy in the fellowship of God. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer at this time. And um, I'm just going to ask you to just come forward. And if you can remember those prayer points of that scripture, if you can just pray that prayer to the Lord and let him minister his presence to you, because I believe that's what he wants to do. He wants to minister his presence to you and give you that peace that he gave, that he gave David. And we're always going to pray for the body of Christ. We're always going to pray for the harvest. And I'm always going to pray for our nation. So I would ask that you go ahead and come and let's just meet the Lord. Let's just meet with the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. Oh, Father, you are my God. You alone, Lord, you are my God. I will bless you and I will praise you. I exalt you because you are faithful. Because of your loving kindness, Lord, and your covenant, Father. Lord, you're bonded to me, Father, and I am bonded to you, Almighty God. I will praise you and bless you, Lord. We are desperate, Lord. We are desperate for your presence, Almighty God. We long to see you, Lord, in your glory and in your power, Father. Lord, we are, are thirsty, O oh God. We hunger and thirst for you, Lord, for your presence. We hunger and thirst, Lord, for communion with you, Lord. We hunger and thirst, Father, for your righteousness, Almighty God. 
Oh, be exalted in this place, Lord. Lord, our souls thirst for you, almighty God. Lord, in a dry and a thirsty land, Father, we seek you and your presence, God. Forgive us, oh, Father, for setting our eyes, Lord, upon the, the works of the enemy. Forgive us, oh, God, for being distracted and allowing the enemy, Lord, to consume our attention, Father. God, help us, Lord, to be disciplined, Father, to set our affections upon you, to set our minds upon you, Lord, to meditate upon you day and night, Lord, just as David did, oh God. Oh, Lord, we long for you, Father. Lord, because of your loving kindness, Father, because of your covenant, Father, your love is better than life, Lord. It is your presence and it is your love that fills us, oh God. Oh, Lord, purge our hearts and cleanse us, Lord, of all unrighteousness, God, that we might make room for you, Lord, to do in us and with us whatsoever you choose, Lord. Lord. Oh, strengthen your people, I pray, Father. Each and every one, God, that is facing a battle, Lord, let them find joy in the fellowship of God. Let the fellowship of God, Lord, be their, their rope, Lord. Lord, let the fellowship of God, Father, Lord, strengthen them in their night hour, oh God. Lord, I'm praying for those, Lord, that are struggling tonight, God. Lord, that are that are being battle-worn tonight, God. Help us, Lord, to hide in your bosom, Lord. Help us, oh God, to crawl up into your lap, Lord, where there is safety, where there is rest, where there is refuge from the enemy, Father. Lord, you shelter us. You hide us. You consume us, Lord. You have us sealed about and hedged in from every direction, Father. Lord, we just lift you up in this place tonight. Lord, let your name be exalted above all names. Lord, we will bless you, Lord. Our lips will bless you, Father. We bless you from this house, Lord. We bless you from the palace of praise, oh God. Let blessing and honor minister to you in this place, oh God. Oh, Father, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, let us remember. Let us remember your works, oh God. Let us remember, Father, where you have brought us from and where you have brought us to, oh God. Lord, let us walk in a spirit of humility, Father. Let us not be haughty in any way, oh God. Lord, let us not be a reproach to you or to man. Father, but Lord, let it be the love of Jesus that abides in us, God, that would draw men to you, Father. Lord, let us be filled with your presence, O oh God, that others, Lord, might be compelled to relationship with you, Father. Lord, let us be a light set on a hill. Let us be, Father, salt of the earth, God. Let our words, Father God, be seasoned, Lord, with love and kindness. 
and compassion, Father. Let us be the difference makers of the world in the earth today, Father, that we might be a part of what it is that you're doing, Father. Lord, I just pray for your people to not be discouraged, God, but let them be encouraged, Father, to know, God, that you are working, you are moving, Father. Lord, we just praise you and thank you, Father. We pray for the harvest. Lord, we just pray, Father, for the lost.